Hi, my loves. My name is Ruby Lee, entrepreneur, digital nomad, croissant-obsessed, free spirit, and founder of the Own Your Hustle movement. And this is the Own Your Hustle podcast. Here, you'll be so motivated to start that business you've always wanted to, grow it unapologetically, and go all in earning powerfully with ease and grace. I'm so excited that you're here and listening in, and I'm so grateful that you made it. So welcome to the Own Your Hustle way of life, full of freedom, a dose of woo-woo, and plenty of random tangent laughs along the way. (laughs) You know, I started my company working nine to five too as a recruiter. I was working for a ventures-based business in the urban cool city of Melbourne, Australia. And today I'm traveling the world, young family in tow, working with the most amazing humans ready to build a career and life by design. Strap in my love, you are about to binge on all of the most incredible guests that I bring onto this podcast. And guess what? They started their businesses through purpose and calling, mostly while still working a day job. Let me also share this. I called my company Own Your Hustle as a reminder for us daily that we get to love our soul-led hustle. Own our decisions to go big. Stop playing small. Create with joy. Take the risk. Say yes to adventure. And from time to time, be okay with those meltdown moments. These episodes are filled with joy and strategy, spirituality and business, tactical tips, big picture concepts, musings, and of course, some of that ruby colored energy. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's get started. So many things I want to catch you up on you guys in business, in personal life. Where do I even begin? But firstly, welcome to this episode. We are going to be talking all about Instagram and I am so excited for this juicy one because I've got Whitney Eckes coming up and I really love Whitney's approach around selling on Instagram, in particular, talking to micro-influencers, talking to smaller accounts. And Whitney is someone who runs an Instagram agency in San Diego. And I am so excited to get her perspective on the new Instagrammer. And that is someone who has a small account, a powerful, punchy group of individuals on Instagram who also have an extremely engaged audience. So slightly different from what you would expect in terms of Instagram and selling and growing to over 10K. We talk about that as well and buying followers and all of that stuff. So hang in there, but I have to just share with you some things that have happened since the last episode. So I mentioned very casually that I was keen to look for a personal assistant. You guys, I got so many applications, resumes and referrals and those of you who put together beautiful messages on Instagram and email saying, I'd love to be your PA. So I am really, really close to hiring someone to join my team. <laughs> I'm so excited as my personal assistant. And I, I just know there's going to be so many cool things that come out of this hire. One of the big things I've wanted to do is just like continue to gift, 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 gift. I'm such a big gifter and it's just been one of those things where whilst, you know, obviously I've been trying to like get the gifting part of my business really ingrained and intertwined, guess what's involved? The administration behind it, resourcing and researching and then doing the payments and getting addresses and all of that stuff and having a database for addresses for my clients. Anyway, you get the picture. Okay. Not my strength. I'm so excited for my PA to start. I'm going to be like, help me. (laughs) Um, For those of you that have emailed me into either support at rubylee.co 
or one of my other email addresses, if I'm taking like two to three days, working days to come back to you, it's likely because I need a PA. Or if you've messaged me, actually, I had a message on my Instagram DM and she sent me this really long message following last episode's uh, breakdown of my percentage growth. And I also mentioned in that episode that I am going to record an episode on what I invested in, what my expenses are, um, profit margins, all that good stuff. And there was a big long message from someone who follows me and listens to this podcast. And less than 24 hours later, she wrote again saying, is there a reason why you don't answer your Instagram DMs? I'm like, girlfriend, it's a Saturday. But also I didn't have to answer that. My virtual assistant got to answer that for me, which was amazing. But you know what? Like, I think there comes a time when I am very responsive on social medias, but I can also draw my boundaries and give myself space. So don't be afraid to do this in your own business. Um, I don't necessarily turn off on weekends. I made a big Instagram story about it on Saturday, but I definitely don't turn up as much as I do, let's say Monday to Friday. So anyway, I am excited about this big overflow energy. So much is happening. You guys are finding links to my masterminds, to my private coaching. I am in absolute overflow. Some of my programs have now tipped into waitlist. So if you're clicking onto certain links and they've gone into a waitlist, I highly encourage you to jump on that because you'll be the first to know when I open up that particular program. Um, But I know that with hiring, it's rearranging a lot for me on the back end of things. So I'm not really, really sure completely of, you know, how this is going to impact on how many more people I'm able to bring on. But this is it. Sometimes we just get to release the how and we get to believe that as the universe rearranges some things for me and I'm taking the action in hiring and scaling and outsourcing stuff, good stuff will happen. More room will be made so I can spend time with you in programs, masterminds, private coaching to help your business grow. Um, Oh gosh. Okay. So LinkedIn brand boss, we are starting on the 7th of July. Our July Academy call is happening live. Now for some of you, it's the 6th of July. So you can check out the time zones and whatnot, or DM the team, DM me if you need more details. But here's what I have to say about this. The $1,000 off promo, which is in the show notes below, if you enter podcast into the checkout link, which will give you $1,000 off, ends on the 8th of July at midnight Australian Eastern Standard Time. So please do use that code and get in super fast because you're not going to find that that code works after the 8th of July. So use the code in the show notes below. One more thing before we jump into this episode. Oh, so many things. I could just sit here riffing on life updates, but I had my natal chart reading done this week. Ah, I'm not sure if you have ever had a natal chart read. And if you don't know what it is, it's a deeper dive into the way that the stars and the planets were cast during the time and date of your birth. Now, for some of you, you'll know your sun, maybe your moon, your rising. So you might be like Aries, Leo, Scorpio rising or something like that. And a lot of us might talk top level about it to be like, this is my star sign. 
but there is so much more involved with your natal chart. And this is the first ever natal chart reading I've had. And it was also with one of my private clients who's now in my mastermind, Yashika Lind. So I'm going to leave Yashika's details in the show notes below as well, if you're wanting to book in a session with her. But oh my gosh, it was so insightful, so much confirmation, so much goodness. I cried after the reading because of so many things that were revealed in my charts. And I love you so much, Yashika, for the way that you read it, the clarity that you, you know, converted the information and the way that you said it just really cut through. And one of the things that Yashika also talks about because she's also a badass coach is she'll use her beautiful strengths and skill set in not just natal chart reading. She does so many other things like tarot and, um, and Reiki work. I mean, a bunch of amazing skills, spiritual tools and skills that Yashika has. She uses that to help her clients in personal mastery. So what that means is I was able to then look at the natal chart, hear how it was interpreted and almost have like these pockets of confirmation of, yes, you are doing the right thing here. Yes, this confirms why I felt things have been challenging here. Yes, no wonder because I've been called naive all of my life because a certain planet is positioned a certain way where people perceive me as naive or I have rose colored glasses on. As I say in my podcast intro, ruby colored glasses, there's a reason why I'm saying all these things. And the natal chart just revealed that in such a beautiful way. And also just so much about my wealth, my prosperity, the way that I draw in a community, the way that I am working right now in my life and completing my soul's destiny. Oh, goosebumps. Even just saying that term, your soul's destiny. It's just so beautiful. So have a look at Yashika's site. Um, I don't know how booked out Yashika is. I think fairly booked out, but if you just let her know you found me through this podcast, then yeah, I'm sure she'll hopefully work something out. But oh, this has just spurred on so many incredible projects that I have that's been sort of on the back burner and why I need to hire, once again, it keeps coming back to that, um, for the things that I want to do. So I want to do some new merchandise things in the business. So I'll tell you more about that in another episode, but I'm sure you guys can guess what sort of things I love in my own personal and spiritual life that I want to create for you guys in the Own Your Hustle community. All right, let's get stuck into today's episode. Let's meet Whitney Eckes. She is such a ball of light and energy and has so much knowledge to provide on the Instagram platform. Now, you know me, your girl is more so into LinkedIn and I still deem myself a very new starter into Instagram. I still to this day have less than 10,000 followers, but I tell you what, it has become one of my most profitable platforms. I am selling in the DM every single day. I have people reaching out to me every day, messaging me saying, how do I join certain programs or how do I work with you as a private coach? And It is such a wonderful platform to also show off, you know, parts of your personal brand, parts of your life that 
you're comfortable in showing, which also creates ultimate connection with your aligned audience. So Whitney and I go in and we speak about so much in here, especially around the algorithm, whether to buy followers or not to buy followers. I think you'll be really surprised with what Whitney has to say here. And um, also talking about things like growing an Instagram account from scratch and what you can do now in 2020, mid 2020, to get yourself really on the right track when it comes to your Instagram strategy. So without further ado, let's meet Whitney. All of her links are in the show notes as well. And thank you so much for your incredible podcast reviews. You still have till the end of the month to leave it. So if you love this one, and I know you will, I look forward to reading your review. Let's welcome Whitney to the episode. Today, I have Whitney Eckes here with me, who is the founder of Eckes Marketing. She is a millennial powerhouse and has such a finger on the pulse of all things digital. And in today's episode, I really want to dive into Whitney's area of expertise being Instagram. I know a lot of you have been asking me for advice on Instagram. And let me tell you, I still feel like a brand new starter when it comes to IG. So I needed to bring in the expert. So welcome to the podcast, Whitney. It's so amazing to have you here. Oh, thank you so much, Ruby. I'm so I'm so honored to be here and thank you so much for the kind words. I guess what I really like to begin with is your entrepreneurial journey to date. Like you're only 25, you've done so much with your life and your business. Where did it all begin for you? Oh my goodness. I guess you could say I've been in the marketing industry for about 7 years now. Um I come from a family of entrepreneurs, but I always really was just attracted to, you know, brands and marketing and doing really, really cool shit essentially. So I started way back in the day, um, when I was in college, I worked with Red Bull and then from Red Bull, I really grew into a couple different companies in LA, one of them being Aviator Nation. And then from that point, I moved back home to my home in San Diego and I just started grinding in the hospitality space. So we I've worked with Hilton, Marriott, you know, all the Starwood properties, you know, a ton of nationally based hotels and restaurants and bars. And then, you know, after spending some time doing that, I decided I was ready to go off on my own. And I basically freelanced for about a year. And then from that point, I kind of had to make the conscious decision of really scaling what I was doing and going full force into an agency. Wow. So you just went all in. You just started your own agency, which I know a lot of us here are actually considering, especially because a big audience of mine are coaches. And, you know, the next Mm -hmm. natural step is to either scale out your coaching business, doing more consulting and that sort of thing, growing an agency or doing more done for you type courses where it's like, okay, do the self-study and, you know, grow your Instagram and do all of that. So I love your journey. That is awesome. And I particularly love that you're from San Diego. I was there not too long ago. Oh my gosh. It feels like oh. an eternity ago when we could travel. But, um, right. Oh, right. Like, you know, the olden days when we were allowed to jump on a plane. Um, but I, we were in San Diego actually because I lived in Huntington Beach for about three months and I thought, oh, my oh it's gosh. so close. I'm just going to take a drive. And we went to watch like a Padres game at the stadium. Oh. It was just a vibe. And 
I think I got to San Diego during a really crazy, like, touristy season. I, I think Comic-Con mm. was on and Oh, you went during else. the craziest time in San Diego. That is, like, our number one busy, busy season. Right. (laughs) I had to wait like an hour to go and just grab a coffee somewhere. And there were just lines out all the, you know, like the main sort of gaslight district and gaslight district. And it was just so nuts and so hot. It was boiling (laughs) hot. I just remember that, but it's such a chilled, um, such a chilled part of the world. Have you always sort of grown up in San Diego? Yeah. So I actually grew up like east of the beaches, right? So there's a little, little tiny mountain town called Alpine and that's where I grew up, but I've always been a San Diego native. It's funny that you uh, bring up Huntington beach because I went to school in Orange County for about four years. (gasps) No. Oh my gosh. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm such a spiritual girl. And so (laughs) every time I go to different cities around the world, I, I don't know. I have this like energy wherever I've been because I've been a digital nomad for the last year, traveling around different parts of the world. There is something about Orange County. I feel so at home there. It feels mm. just amazing. I'm it so is. I'm so jealous. <laughs> so let's dive into the world of Instagram for a second. A lot of us here are new starters, maybe working nine to fives or even just maybe only just taking the leap into full-time entrepreneurship. And the go-to place is Instagram. You know, I, I would argue more so than Facebook and TikTok's up and coming, you know, your podcast comes a little bit later, but Instagram is the place that often feels really at home and quite comfortable. Now, a question for you is having run your agency and I'm sure working with a lot of high-profile entrepreneurs now, is it still worth it? Is it really still worth it to get started on here given the platform is so huge and there's so much noise on here? Honestly, I would have to say yes. I think that Instagram still is a great, great way for you to get in front of your community and to build your audience. Now, I wouldn't say put all of your eggs in one basket and make it your bread and butter. But I would say, you know, build an audience there because just like you said, it is everyone's, it still feels like it's everyone's go-to. And just because, you know, there is a bunch of noise on it, it doesn't mean that you're unable to stand out or you're unable to build up that audience. So let's talk about getting started. If you are coming in, if you did it all over again and you started with zero followers, what would be some of the first steps you'd take to just start feeling more confident, attracting people to follow you? Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because I actually just did this recently. So I have my account with Instagram, which is hilarious that I've had <laughs> <love> for, <laughs> for years and years and years. And, um, I recently put out a lifestyle blog during quarantine because that was kind of a passion project that I've always wanted to do for myself. Um, and so I launched an Instagram from ground zero and I've really got the taste of really you know, doing things and trying to take my own advice of how to build up an Instagram following from the ground up. And one of the ways in which I did it is I decided that I was going to niche down as much as possible. 
So I really went with a very heavy aesthetic. I, you know, searched out and did a ton of hashtag strategy around the type of audiences and followers that I knew were going to resonate with the content that I was putting out. And I also started engaging with other accounts that were going to be within the same field or, you know, sphere of niche that I was, you know, doing for my lifestyle blog. So I would say that if you are starting out, you know, we're in this really unique time where we're starting to see micro influencers really shine and they're shining because they're so highly engaged and not just because they have a big following count. So really niche down, find out what makes you, you utilize your hashtags, utilize, you know, the people and get to know them in the same sphere that you are and, um, kind of just use that to advantage to your advantage, you know, really find a corner of the market that you can stand on and just be yourself and just really kind of hone in on that. I am currently on your Instagram page. It is rocking. It looks so beautiful <laughs> aesthetically, like you said, really, really strong. Now, as of the, as of this recording, you have just over 14,000 followers. Amazing. <laughs> How, when did you build this up? Like when, when did you start from literally zero? How long ago was that? Yeah. So that one you're looking at, that's Instagram. That one I built Right. I believe I was in high school when Instagram first came out. I had a little bit of a background in photography. I love photography. That's kind of where this whole passion for marketing really stemmed from. Um, and so I started that in high school. Now, if you go and look at the other one, it's just Whitney Eckes and there's only about 2000 followers on there, but I've grown it since I want to say maybe January. Um, so what I did is I really just hyper-focused in now, you know, granted I had built a very large following on Instagram. So there was a little bit of spillover there, right. To the new account. But Mm -hmm. one of the things that I really tried to do is I just was, I spent so much time engaging and I spent so much time being really hypersensitive to the hashtags, to my posting times, you know, to how many stories and how often I was going live, you know, on a monthly basis. So I spent some serious time working out the strategy for the, for the new account, Whitney, I guess. Oh my gosh. Okay. So many questions because (laughs) I know, you know, when you get to the point, you have a, a podcast as well. You get to the point where you know what your audience want to ask. And it's like, really ask the question. So I <laughs> have to ask when it comes to hashtags, mm-hmm. are they still super important? Because I've noticed that less and less influences and people, obviously the more, you, the bigger you get, you kind of don't really need them as much. Um, but when you're starting out, just as you said, it's really important to have that as a part of your strategy. Is it still though? I mean, how do you even know the right ones to use? And whenever you're doing hashtag research, I've I've sort of dabbled in it here and there. I'm like, oh my God, there's already a million (laughs) people using this hashtag. How do I stand out? So what I'd love to know, what's your thought process when it comes to selecting the right hashtags to grow your account? Absolutely. So Of course, hashtags are still relevant. Um, I would think I would have to, I don't think, but I would have to say within the last couple of updates, I feel like Instagram has really, um, really hyper-focused in on hashtags, making it easier for us to navigate through them, right? So one example is that you can follow a specific hashtag. Now, being in the marketing world and working with influencers for brands, this is a huge help for me 
because I will actually follow a bunch of different hashtags depending on the brand, right? So let's refer back to hospitality. There's a ton of San Diego foodies, right? And if I'm launching a new restaurant or I'm doing influencer marketing for a certain restaurant, the hashtags that I'm going to be looking at are like San Diego foodie, SD eats, um, you know, food and lifestyle, you know, lifestyle blogger or foodie blogger, San Diego blogger. So those hashtags, those really do help you stand out as an influencer and as a brand. Now on the other side of that, as far as exposure and how much traffic your hashtags are actually bringing to your post, again, you have to kind of put yourself into the consumer's mindset of who's looking at these hashtags You know, are they looking at these hashtags, for example, because it's visually aesthetic? Like I follow this really awesome hashtag called, um, there's like neutral, uh, soft aesthetic. And it's that total Parisian fashion blogger look, you know, where they just, everything is super minimal. Yeah. Right. And so these posts come up and they're beautiful and I like following it because it's nice, you know, for my feed, but also too, um, you know, I, I want to know who these kind of these new fashion lifestyle bloggers are. And so I get introduced to all these new people just by following that hashtag. So I've seen that strategy where, you know, you have to be strategic about the hashtags that you're aligning your photos with because there are people looking at them and there are people following them. You just have to make sure that it, it, it is relevant for your post and it is the right, the right kind of audience that you're actually wanting to come look at your posts. Does that make mm. sense? It makes sense. Like, but I want to know where do you actually find the right hashtags? You know, I mean, I think there's some that are just native to us where we go, okay, you know, maybe it's like hashtag social media marketing, but what if there are others that we're missing out on? Are there other tools or websites or places that we can go to find new up and coming hashtags? Totally. So, I mean, my go-tos for trends, and just for updates, I love Sprout Social's blog. I love, uh, it's called later.com. Their blog is amazing. Um, and we actually use later as one of our scheduling platforms for my agency. I've been with them for about three years now. They're an amazing, Mm -hmm. amazing company and platform, but they have this really cool, um, program within the scheduling platform where, For example, you can type in, um, you know, interior, interior design and it's a hashtag relevancy score. And so what it does is if you type in interior design, it will pull up, you know, a list of hashtags that have a relevancy with interior design. So when you see everyone creating these major hashtag blocks, yes, I'm sure there's other, you know, roundabout ways to really researching your hashtags, but I really do enjoy this platform for that reason, because it will show me how many hashtags are relevant to the one that I just typed in or sharing a similar audience. So that's one way and one tool that I use for our hashtag stacks. It's so funny you mentioned later. I've, I love later. I love, I don't use it, but I love the blog and the platform and uh, Taylor, who's the, you know, she's sort of like the yes. face that does all the amazing videos. I was up until midnight last night watching a 30 minute <laughs> course on TikTok that she did. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's pretty new. And I see you on TikTok. I saw, I saw <laughs> your first couple of videos. I'm like, I'm also in that phase of trying it out to see whether I like it. But I was watching um, Taylor from later create this 
training, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's amazing. And here you are mentioning her. So this is so cool. So everyone go and check out later.com. I've also heard of Sprout Social. So thank you for those resources because yes, we all need to be pointed in the right direction here, which is amazing. What are your thoughts on buying followers? I'm always Uh interested to know this because I'll, I'll tell you the truth. Like I got to a point where, and I think I'm at like I don't know, 6,000 followers now. Just I'm just under 7,000. And there's a part of me that's like, I just want to get to 10,000 already. You know, come on. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's so like, I don't know if you get these. I'm sure you do. These pictures that's like, oh, you can buy your followers for like $2, (laughs) something ridiculous. And there's a part of me that's like, who would notice? Maybe I should just do it. But then like the other part of me is just like, no. Anyway, I'd love to hear your opinion on, on this. Look, I mean, I've done it all, right? So one of the things, and I'm super open and transparent about this, is that I have literally done it all. I've purchased <laughs> followers. I've purchased likes. I've purchased story views. I have done every sort of growth strategy in the book. Now let's back up. So historically, there was a multiple, multiple, multiple types of ways to grow your following. And some of those were to supplement your following with these quote unquote fake followers or ghost followers. Now, if you have you know, been on Instagram for a little bit, you know that Instagram will regularly go through and wipe out accounts that are inactive. So here's the thing. If you want to get to 10K, you know, I'm not going to be the type of person to be like, it's bad, you know, shame on you. No, no, no. Like there, there's people that are, that are out there that still purchase followers. Right. And they do it for validity. Now, if you're, you know, a brand and, or an entrepreneur, and you're looking to make that sale or you're an influencer and you're looking to work with brands and have an actual, you know, return on investment, then you should not be purchasing followers. You should be doing this organically. And I'll tell you why. Some of the best influencers that I've ever worked with are below 10K and they can move a product just as good, if not more than a mega influencer that's sitting over 100K. And what that goes to say is that it's not necessarily, yes, like if you have a large following, yes, it brings you a new form of reputation. It brings you a new form of validity, but it all depends on what success looks like for you. And if you are wanting to really have an amazing conversion rate or actually, you know, move a product or make money, then you need to really resonate with your organic following and really make sure that you're taking care of them. I love the whole philosophy of the true 1000 followers. Um, and I, I firmly believe in it. I'd rather have five people that buy five of my products than you know, sit at a hundred K and only get, you know, seven sales or 10 sales. So I, 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 like I said, I've done it all. I'll be super transparent and honest with you, but I'm still to this day, the type of person that believes in organic following versus purchasing followers. I love that. I know, you know, you and I were talking before we went live about how you're just such an open book and I knew I could ask you this question, but at the same time (laughs) you run an agency and it's almost like I would expect you to know what it's like to buy followers and buy likes. And, you know, I, I kind of would want you to have gone through that so you can truly comment on both sides. I'm (laughs) 
I'm a hundred percent a guinea pig for social media. Like I like, let me try it. I'll try anything, you know, once or twice. I want to know what it looks like, what it had, what it does and what the results are. It's so refreshing to just hear that there's, there is no shame in it. I think there is, that's it. You have to just give things a go, work out what feels great for you. But I especially resonated when you said, don't do it if you want to be able to really, you know, connect with an audience and you want to be an influencer because I'm sure you can also really tell when someone's bought a ton of followers and, you know, we can tell just, I guess, from the naked eye of just looking at, well, why have they got so many followers, but only a couple of likes and no comments? It's, it's bloody obvious, you know, from that perspective, but I'm sure if you're wanting to work with brands and businesses, they have ways to really research that. And it's, you know, it's not going to do you much good, you know, at that point. Um, okay. Can we talk about content? Because you have so much content, so much (laughs) content and such great content as well. That's super relatable. Like (laughs) I was laughing at the one you were basically saying, I'm living in a perpetual weekend time loop. (laughs) You've got your rosé and the beautiful sun on you. And I was like, yes, girl. I can totally relate to that. It's like a afternoon in quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. But when, what do you do to really get into that energy and that space of knowing a, what your audience actually want to hear from you, but also just being so authentic, so real, how much time do you actually put into creating content, batching content? Do you do all the things? Yeah. So, I mean, from the agency standpoint, 100%, we batch everything. And we really do reverse plan um, all of our campaigns, all of our content calendars, everything for our brands, right? Now, me personally, um, you know, it's, it, is, it is a little difficult for me to not be so hyper-focused on my following. And the way that I create content is that I create it for the sole purpose of what I enjoy and what I like. And that might be a little polarizing, but... I really do do that because I, I've built my following based off being myself. And I really, I'm not one of those people that's like, be authentic, just be you. Because I kind of think there's a little bit of bullshit to that. I think there are strategies and tips and tricks behind building a following. But I, I also think that when I, when it comes to me creating content, I do want that real side because that's what, that's who I am personally. Right. I do want you to see that I'm drinking rosé on a Tuesday afternoon, you know, (laughs) in quarantine, but I, you know, I also on the blog, you know, I talk about mental health. I talk about my business. Um, you know, I've talked about my, you know, I'm super transparent in my business and how I've really had to scale and how hard it's been. Um, you know, and even down right down to what, you know, I was telling you about being a guinea pig when it came to, you know, following and things like that. So I think when you look at your content, number one, I think you need to start off with what do you enjoy? What, you know, kind of content do you want to be producing? You know, again, getting really familiar with what your niche is. And then from there, you know, you can start testing and doing a little strategy of, you know, what really perks your audience's ears. Um, you know, do they like recipes? Do they like when you do a TikTok? You know, do they like when you put out a new blog post or a new preset edit or, you know, if it's just a motivational quote? There's ways for you to, you know, learn their interests as well. But I think first and foremost, you need to establish your value 
in your niche and then work on assessing what your audience is, is interested in. Mm, I love that you said, you know, build it off what you enjoy. Now, it took me a while to work out what I loved most about Instagram. So mm. my early stage journey was lots of quotes because I, I do love quotes, but I thought, well, quotes are relatively easy and I can schedule them and they'll come out and inspire lots of people. But it wasn't until I tried out Instagram live that mm. everything changed. Just so much engagement on there and it's so easy to really feel into the pulse of your audience and what they love. So yeah. I started to do almost daily lives. I just, I, it's, it's, it feels weird if I'm not on it regularly. So good for your engagement. <laughs> so good. Live streams. Really? Oh my gosh, okay. All yeah. right. So good. Okay. Good job. So, so good. All right. Let's dive into this because I was doing lives a lot and then I would take, I would save the live stream and then just make it into an IGTV. And that really just opened up my world on Instagram because I was like, oh, this is so much easier. And it's what I like. It's what gives me energy. So I heard that lives are, you know, it's like one of the favorite children of Instagram from an algorithm perspective. And I think mm -hmm. you've just sort of confirmed that, but if someone is listening going, is it, should I go live? Should I not? No one's ever on my live streams. What are some ways that you can really start to create more engagement around Instagram lives and to even get more people to attend? 100%. So yes, uh, going live is awesome. The reason why going live is so awesome is because it alerts all of your audiences or followers that you are doing something on Instagram and actually sends out a little notification. And also too, I don't know if you've noticed this, but when you go live, it pushes your profile to the very first profile. Mm -hmm. Okay. So imagine all of your followers are not only now getting a notification that you're going live, but now it's pushing you directly to their forefront vision. Okay. So that is, it's awesome for your engagement. It's awesome for looky lose people that maybe just want to, you know, stop in, see what you're about, you know, or, you know, and hopefully they get hooked and stay during the whole duration, but it's really good to get that exposure and to get people to see another side of you. Now, um, in regards to going live, yeah, I'm, I'm totally forgetting the second part of the question that you asked me, but, um, how do you get more just, people to, how do you get more people to actually join the live stream? There we go. Okay. Perfect. So collaborate, go live with somebody else and go live, you know, on a weekly basis, especially right now, you know, everyone's at home. Everyone is looking to, you know, to start their side hustle, to start their passion project, you know, pitch yourself out maybe to someone that you really look up to, you know, whether it's an influencer, another brand, another entrepreneur and go live with them and schedule it and promote it and get people excited about it. The other thing too, about getting more people to show up to your live is you have to, it's, it's the kind of the, you know, age old terminology in marketing is that you have to see something seven times in order to get a consumer to react, or they have to see it seven times in order for them to react. So promote it, you know, talk about it. If you're going live on Friday, talk about it every single day, starting on Monday. You know, if you was an, it was an awesome live and you're still wanting people to come watch it on IGTV, you know, tease about it. Talk, you know, the nice thing about IGTV is that you can actually do a swipe up to your IGTV, even if you're under 10,000 followers. So throw that in your story, you know, once a day 
or talk about major, you know, takeaways or, you know, make a really cool graphic kind of highlighting some of the things that you talked about on your live promote it. And I mean, we can really dive in deep here, but I'm also a huge fan of cross marketing, right? Take that IGTV, you know, throw it on YouTube, take that, you know, live and, you know, take some screenshots and put it on Pinterest and, you know, start pinning it. So I think there's, there's major ways for you to accumulate traffic from one great piece of content. And I think that if you are consistent with it, like you are consistent with going live, you're going to see your audience really start to, you know, kind of, uh, get some traction as far as who's showing up to your lives. So true. And so much liquid gold and all that you just said, you reminded (laughs) me of one of my, one of the accounts that I follow, they actually sell crystals online and well, they have a beautiful crystal shop here in Melbourne, but Mm. they go live maybe like four times a day, especially during quarantine where we can't just go. And Mm -hmm. the girls in there will pick up all the crystals in the shop. They'll be like, yes, orders are now on. And they're so beautiful. And you see people actually commenting saying, yes, like I want that one. I'm buying that one. And then they make the orders after the live stream. But they show up on on my Instagram feed all the time as like the first two bubbles. It's always like, yep, stone crystals are live. They're live again. They're live again. I'm like, what's going on here? Why are they always (laughs) like at the top of my feed? Well, that's exactly why. So I love that, um, that you've just brought that to our attention. So amazing, amazing. Thank you so much, Whitney, that I feel we could just keep going about Instagram and talking about your story and I feel like we need to just do this again and dive more into aspects around, you know, mental health as well and all that good stuff. But how do we find out more about you and potentially even work with you? Who are the sort of clients that you typically work with? Yeah. So right now we have, it's actually really interesting. Our verticals have changed a little bit. It was primarily hospitality, but right now our hospitality family is kind of all on pause Mm. until we go through, you know, the next round of openings down here in San Diego. Um, but we work with a lot of consumer, uh, consumer, uh, excuse me, consumer based goods and lifestyle brands. So we love, you know, we rep, we, we have represented a collagen company. We've represented an alkylate water company. Um, there's a couple other brands that we work with. And then the other one too, is that we do work with, entrepreneurs and influencers. I actually have, I don't take on a lot, but I do take on a couple consulting clients a year and they work one-on-one with me. We, it's basically either a phone call a week or a phone call every two weeks, depending on how much, you know, work you need, but you work directly with me and really establishing your brand, how to develop an audience in the digital space and essentially how to, you know, really make your side hustle, your full, full-time career. You can go ahead and get a, get a hold of me on either ecosmarketing.com that will show you all of our services, all of our, you know, some client work, our team, everything like that. You can also follow the agency on Instagram at ecosmarketing and on Pinterest. And then you can go ahead and find me on Instagram at Whitney Eckes or LinkedIn at Whitney Eckes or my blog, lifewithwhitney.com. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Whitney. That was so incredible. All the tips for deep diving into Instagram with us. And I know everyone is really going to 
Love it. Go follow Whitney. She is just an incredible ball of light. Oh, Ruby, thank you so much. That was amazing and so much fun. And I'm so happy I got to be on here. Thank you for having me. Oh my goodness. How gorgeous is Whitney? Her energy, her smile. When you go to her Instagram, you'll just see it. It's an entire vibe. It's just Southern California in Whitney Eckies. <laughs> um, you guys, thank you once again. Don't forget that you have until the end of the month to leave your review for the Own Your Hustle podcast. You will go into the draw to win a ticket to LBB Academy worth $19.97. So many of you have left such long, beautiful reviews and five stars. So go ahead, do that now. And I can't wait to read it, share it. And in the meantime, remember you can absolutely own your hustle.